This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson, and with me as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric Branson and Ryan Steisgold. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Awesome. I'm doing okay, but I am wondering, given tonight's special episode, should we actually have different types of names? Oh, Maybe like, a, like a stage name? Porn. Like a porn name? <laughs> a porn name? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I once I, I once heard those like internet quizzes where it said you take your um, your middle name and the first car you ever had, and and then somebody accessed your bank account and you don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that or I think one of them is also like your your grandfather's name and your like maternal grandfather's name and the first car. It's always something weird like that. Yeah, I always heard the yeah. the car one. Uh, and maybe that was your Jedi name. I don't remember. Oh. They're always the same. But, um, yeah, that's what it was. Your Jedi name was your name backwards in the first car you ever owned. So. Oh, okay. Maybe the uh, porn name was your to get first pet. Name. I think it was your first pet and your mother's maiden name. Yeah. I mean, Which totally sounds word. like a cracking into your password thing. It really does. Yeah, yeah that's kind of... Well, anyways, going off of that criteria, what would your porn names be then after that? Hold on, let me write it down. And also, which bank do you use? So are you going yeah, by the, the last pet, four pet and, uh, and, like, and maternal Everything. Yeah, just give me all your personal information. Mine would be Jack Hall. Jack Hall. Jack Hall. Well, that pretty right. much works. What we're, so we were doing maternal... Like your mother's maiden name, but your first yep. pet that would work for you. For your for your gender that you would like. Okay, I'd be I'd be Toby Calhoun then, but holy oh, shit, <laughs> it's not bad either. I think I've seen those movies. <laughs> I was gonna say, didn't he have like a whole trilogy? Um, trilogy, man. I, they make those things in like sixteen, seventeen volumes, I think. Volume trilogies. nine. <laughs> Ryan, we're, we're waiting on you. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually, I set up the whole joke, but I had, n- I had no, I have nothing. <laughs> I don't even know my mom's maiden name, which is probably for the best, right? You're, you're, Let me look at random objects around my house. Hold on. Um, Rod Futuro. That's weird. That actually would work too. I think that's the thing about yeah. porn names. Is like that's a sci-fi gimmick anything though. That's would like, work. I'm a I'm yeah. a I'm a I'm a I'm a time detective, noir cop style. So I, I punched my name into the porn star name generator, which is uh, on online at Pron Name, which is like like misspelled their URL or something. Anyway, um, and you type in your real name and it generates a porn name for you. I got Lex Hardon, which I think I actually like my other one better. So I'm gonna go yeah. with yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna go with uh, Toby Calhoun. So. Toby Calhoun's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
And now we take a quick break to let you know about some other excellent podcasts that you should check out. I would like to invite you to take a trip across all of time and space. Join us in the police box as we discuss the worlds of Doctor Who in a completely random order. We discuss it all. TV stories, audio adventures, novels, nonfiction books, and on and on. I'm your host, Eric Branson. I would be very happy if you join me for the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a proud partner of the Video Junkyard podcast and can be found on most major podcast platforms including SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by Dalton Hughes and by Alison Fitzsafry and we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. Well, the reason we're having this <laughs> insightful discussion is because tonight... Um, Went longer than it should. Ooh, and there's going to be plenty of those. It's going to be plenty more where oh, that Oh, it's going to be from. a girthy episode. It is. Then. It's going to be... It's, it's just bulging. But of course, since you've already clicked it, uh, and hopefully you know that this is not safe for work, tonight we're going to be talking about the 1997 American period drama, Boogie Nights. Everyone's given one special thing, right? Everyone's blessed with one special thing. I want you to know I plan on being a star. A big, bright, shining star. Eddie Adams from Torrance. Yep. Jack Horner, filmmaker. I make uh, exotic pictures. In 1977, a kid from nowhere. Maybe think about your name. My name, yeah. Something a little pizzazz. Dirk Diggler. Good name. I like your name a lot. Had a dream of getting somewhere. Jack Horner has found something special in newcomer Dirk Diggler. So let me just pop in this A track and you just give a listen and tell what you think, okay? It was a time when disco was king. These little ones, these are great. Yeah, those are really cool. Are they lizard? No, they're Italian. Do you like my shoes? They're pretty cool. Sex was safe. Woohoo! Pleasure was a business. Cut. Terrific. Nice work. And business was booming. And the award for best newcomer goes to Mr. Dirk Diggler. Wow. Goodbye, 1979. Hello, 1980. Are you ready? But in 1980... Come on, you puppies! The party... Was over. You are fired. What? You're fired. <laughs> it's jealousy. It's deceitfulness. It's vindictiveness. But I mean, God, what can you expect when you're on top? Oh wait, 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 wait. Not this part. New Line Cinema presents a portrait of two decades in the life of a business, the days of a dreamer, and the nights in between.
So this one was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. In fact, I think it was his first major film. Yeah, I think his, it was his first feature. If it wasn't his first feature, it certainly was his first like major you know, feature. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I didn't do enough reading about it. I'm not sure where it debuted. I think it was a film festival um, sweetheart that kind of uh, you know found its way up through... But, Anyway, yeah, yeah, he was an up-and-comer, but I think this was his first major film. And uh, this one, so Boogie Nights, if you're not familiar with it, it's set in Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley, uh, during the late 70s and early 80s, and focuses on a young nightclub dishwasher who becomes a popular star of pornographic films during the golden age of porn uh, through the 70s. And so it, that's where you're introduced to his character, Dirk Diggler. Uh, but the yes. movie's got an amazing cast. Uh, Dirk Diggler is played by Mark Wahlberg. Also stars Julianne Moore, Burt Reynolds, Don Cheadle, John C. Riley, William H. Macy, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And really, this was the first big movie that Heather Graham was in as well. It was her first big role. Yeah, outside of, I think before this, I saw her on, uh, well, I, I didn't actually see her before this, not chronologically, but she was uh, on Twin Peaks uh, prior to doing this. But mm-hmm. um, so, And probably some stuff in between, but... Yeah. Again, everything we say about this movie feels like it has another meaning. Um, double entendre. Everything yeah, is a little entendre. bit. Everything. <laughs> but yeah, so what, you guys, what was the first um, exposure to Boogie Nights? Exposure. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure uh, Joe actually exposed uh, this exposed movie to this exposed movie. Exposed you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think this was those literally are... one of those like, "Hey, have you seen Boogie Nights?" Uh, no, and well, we should watch it. Like, that was it. Um, and I think it was like <laughs> high school age, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably a few years after it had come out. I, I was aware of it because I remember there being some controversy around this film uh, when it came out, being about you know porn, um, being like a major a major studio releasing a movie about pornography that won a whole bunch of awards and people like you know wouldn't stop talking about so stirred up the scared the stiffs or whatever you want to say but right there you go for another yeah. entendre what about you <laughs> um same as eric joe forced this on to me uh <laughs> wow. and i said listen i'll watch it for five bucks but i'll review it for ten Oh, and that was uh, I was set. Uh, no, uh, th- uh, this morning. This morning was the first time I ever watched this movie. It was the first thing I did this morning, from like nine a.m. and watched it. And I'm like, oh, okay, yep. So this is this is a long movie. Holy shit! And of course, I watched it on Tubi, so there was commercials, which yeah, it, for it's, very interesting it, things that I'll get into. It's it's <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's 155 minutes long. So yeah, it's. Yep. It's it's got yeah. a lot of girth and length for you. You, know, you got to take it. It's uh, it's a tough one to swallow. <laughs> it is. It's... It is. Yeah. My um, my first. But it's a it's a ride. <laughs> oh yeah. So the first time I saw this one, um, I had just started working a job at a movie theater, a second run movie theater in, in Rockford, in high school, and it had just come out in like the main theater. So everybody I worked with had already seen it, and we were all that age in 1997. Uh, where you know you're perverts, and so I walk into this movie theater, like the back area where we you know store all the popcorn and you know brooms and shit. Every long cylindrical object had Dirk Diggler written on it in Sharpie. The broomstick had Dirk Diggler written on it. You know everything had Dirk Diggler written on it. So finally, when this came out uh, on video about a year later, I finally watched it, and 
got all the the references yeah they all yeah <laughs> i i remember being surprised the first time i saw this movie and i'm sure we'll dig into some of this but about what this movie was like because to me at the age i was when this came out knowing what it was about i was expecting something that was a little more i don't know what i was expecting but like yeah risque or yeah yeah, pornographic or you know exploitation or something rather than like but we're just big character drama (laughs) (laughs) um which i was pleasantly surprised i think i ended up like you know really enjoying it when i thought i was just watching something that we were good you know you were watching something kind of dirty you weren't supposed to be seeing um yeah joe just busts in is like eric eric you too have to understand why everybody labeled dirk diggler at this job i once had <laughs> yeah yeah well and, and, <laughs> and that forces was, down your throat that's that was something else that really struck me about it too was that yes there are a few sex scenes in this that shows them like you know filming a scene um yeah, they're most, all very business and they really they're actually quite comical because of the so Mark Wahlberg's character in this has this you know enormous penis, uh, which is why he's being kind of sought after. Uh, yeah, Dirk yeah. Diggler was loosely based on uh, a real life porn star named yeah. John Holmes, supposedly. Right. But, yeah. Oh yeah, well with the the Hollywoodland murders and everything like that, that mm-hmm. plays into this too. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, so the the first scene, of course, where you've got Mark Wahlberg and Julianne Moore, and they're doing this scene, and it's it's his first scene he's ever shot. You never see what he's packing during that, but you see everybody's reaction, like the zoom lens change and all of this stuff. And it's like a briefcase opening, and uh, it's, it's Pulp Fiction, and it is yeah, it is pretty funny. You, you um, never get to see what's in the briefcase. Yeah, in Pulp Fiction, in this case, eventually it's Dirk Diggler's dawn. That's, that's what it is. That's that's um, actually a hidden Easter egg. It's like, oh, theory. they bronzed it. <laughs> they bronzed it. It's so shiny. So this movie being it's set in the seventies and going into the early eighties, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about performances and and different things. But I wanted to start with, uh, how do you think they did in in the period piece aspect of this? Like, how how well do you think they captured? Because think about, there's a lot of movies today that come out. They're like, it's eighties, and it's really not. Um, you know, doesn't really have. It's just a bunch of eighty shit, you know, on a set. Yeah. What about this? Well, one? coming as from a person somebody who wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. I was gonna say, coming as a person who uh, did not live in either era. I was eighty. I was born in eighty nine, mind you. So, at late end of eighty nine. So I missed out on the eighties. I could say this definitely looked old, and I wouldn't fucking know otherwise. But I will say this. Uh, I I recognize their dishware like in the earlier scenes where he's still living with his parents and i'm like i actually own those plates currently right now i own those plates <laughs> thanks well, goodwill yeah and i think you could you know we watch enough movies here on here and elsewhere you know from the 70s and 80s or if you see old news footage you kind of get an idea about how how there's a lot of hairspray yeah fashions yeah. Yeah. hairstyles how people moved how they talked you know it um, I would say that this movie ha- the number one thing that this movie has going for it is its authenticity. Like, yeah. I think it feels like it's just living and breathing '70s, and of course, that's yeah. coming from somebody who was not alive in the '70s. But uh, just from my understanding of it through popular culture and the way we kind of kind of look back on it, it really feels authentic. And I feel like even down to like the way that. <laughs> the houses uh, that they featured and are decorated. And like Ryan just pointed out the plates and like all the little things uh, about it. 
are all just very meticulously 70s. Like, even, like, the first time I wrote down, like, this movie is, like, a 70s snapshot was an early scene when in, they're in uh, Dirk, I think his real name's Eddie or whatever, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the film. Yeah. Um, they do, like, a pan around of his bedroom of all, like, the posters and stuff he has on his wall. And he's got, like, the Farrah Fawcett. And he's got, it's, it's just, like, Bruce kind Lee, of a snapshot. Yeah, Serpico. of, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything that was, it, like, that era. And is it laid on a little heavy? Sure. It, you know, it does a little bit of the Stranger Things effect, like, you know, we always talk about for the 80s obsession that yeah. everyone has. But um, It's like the shotgun approach to, to like, nostalgia. Like, somebody just load it and then shoot it out onto the chest of the viewers and just, like, somebody's got to catch this. I, I, I uh, did think, <laughs> I did think that the, that, that wraparound shot of his bedroom and all of his posters um just I, to get I, like an ass view of marky mark in a in a in a, in a, speedo. In a speedo yeah um what yeah. i <laughs> but it, it this was the first time watching this movie that i caught that that is tremendous foreshadowing mm-hmm. because here yeah. you have this 17 year old kid who stares in his mirror and does you know karate mm-hmm. chops in his underwear He's a kid. He's a teenage boy, right? In the, in yep. the late seventies, and what's he surrounded by? Uh, women, scantily clad women, cool cars, uh, action heroes, kung fu heroes, and mm-hmm. as you see with his career, he starts bringing those fantasies. You know, this is this yeah. is. I don't know. This is one of those like monkey's paw. Okay, you'll get what you want, but it's gonna yeah, come at a cost. At a cost. So you know, I, I I never noticed that until this time. Like, wow, there's a ton of foreshadowing in that scene, in that shot. It's it, they do a very good job of that with a lot of this. It's a very good movie, which surprised me as much as it did. I'm like, holy shit, this is I'm invested. This is a good movie. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing, and now this this little topic is like shit compared to what Joe just mentioned. <laughs> um. <laughs> But it's in relation to, like, the one thing I didn't think actually worked time-wise was 17-year-old Mark Wahlberg (laughs) when he's first being approached. Because there's, like, that's clearly a wig. There's no other way that's not. And just have this man approach him, go like, Burt Reynolds' character, approach him, just go, how old you, kid? 17. I'm like, bullshit. This is a (laughs) long stretch. I know this is a common fucking practice uh, where you get like a 20-something or whatever person playing it, whatever, but this is a stretch. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't feel worried about like shooting him in a a porn. Like, this is a rough 8, this is a rough 17-year-old. This is a (laughs) very rough 17-year-old. Well, I guess jumping off of that to um, talk a little bit about the character, you know, what what kind of lures him into this lifestyle? Part of it is that, you know, the late 70s typical white male fantasy, right? Yeah, there's that. Because um, he's already stuff. selling his body. He's already like, he's already showing he's willing to sell his body because he's... He, yeah. I got shows the goods. His, shows his dick to people at the club for money in the back room. Uh, I got that later. Wahlberg beef or whatever it's called. Yeah. Wahlburger. 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 Yeah. I got the Wahlburger. <laughs> From the window to the Wahlburger. And you also have his home life. Which oh, he's got God, a girlfriend yeah. and he's, you know, he's a popular kid with girls because he's got this enormous dick. 
And, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, don't beat around the bush, Joe. Get straight to the point. Well, he did. <laughs> um, but then you see him, his home life, and it's horrifying. Oh, it's, yeah. his mom is a nightmare. Like, she's insane. She just absolutely oh, yeah. despises him. And, yeah. well, I think everybody in the house, because her husband tries to kiss her at one point, and she yells at him because he, he didn't shave. I mean, it's But he just, did. He was, like, he, clean shaven. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it, it's yeah. just that... That was really uncomfortable. Like, that's the almost the first sign in this movie. Like, you're going to see something incredibly uncomfortable here. Yeah. yeah. Is, is his home life. Um, but like, you would want to flee, too. And, well, not just that. Like, looking at, like, at uh, the rest of the cast. Mm -hmm. uh, like, literally, the cast in this porn group. Um, they become his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially like there's a lot of family vibes that you get yeah. from this this group a lot of nurturing i mean legitly uh like julie mars character she is a uh amber waves is her stage name um in the movie i forget her actual name the character's name but amber waves is what i remember uh yeah. she you know she's fighting for custody for her kid uh but it's hard because she's a drug addict and in the porn industry so she they, she has a weird relationship with Dirk, where she's just like, she legitly says he's like he's like my second son, but also she's like having a sexual relationship. So there's it's 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 a dysfunction of family, but it's weird because this dysfunction of family is still healthier than where he was, because these people are still supportive despite the twisted kind of things yeah. that people would have uh, discomfort with it's a good way of like kind of really making you question like certain family values quote unquote and like what is actually a family yeah. right i, I, I was gonna kind of save it for my sum up but i agree with you 100 percent that i think that the main thing this film's about it you know there's porn there's you know some humor to it there's all these uh, other kind of drugs and and crime and um, all this stuff, but the main thing I feel like this film is about is about family, uh, unconventional yeah. family. So family outside of your your blood, quote unquote, related related family, yeah. and the family it's unit not... that they kind of build in this. Yeah. Uh... yeah, it's not perfect. It's fucked, but that's what made it more real. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, no family's fucking well, perfect. Each of these people are finding each other and depending on each other, and you know, kind of the the definition of what a family can what be a home is yeah. yeah yeah well i wanted to talk about some of the performances and the characters a bit for each one of these and um since we kind yeah. of started already with mark Wahlberg as eddie or dirk i wanted to continue what, what did you think of the character uh or, or and or like the performance of this of, of Wahlberg in this because he was not I the think... director's first choice no well i think this is his one of his first outings as an actual movie star yeah, right? yeah like, this, this is, is what gets definitely started. his breakout role yeah I will say that with this, with Dirk Diggler and his portrayal, very good job, but definitely the origin of the term big dick energy. Yeah. <laughs> well, makes like, sense. <laughs> not just because, that's not just like he has a big dick shit, but he, he is an optimistic youth. Like, before the drugs entered his life, he was really making his career. Like, he had thoughts, he was invested, he was doing a lot that he could. He was yeah. taking it all very seriously. Which yeah, is, very. Which, which seems kind of quaint and funny when he gets first involved in like, yeah, yeah. 
well, charming, think, but like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think part of that comes from uh, Burt Reynolds' character, you know, like telling him oh, about yeah. how he has these dreams of making real films. And so, mm. you know, he kind of jumps on that. But what did you think of uh, Mark Wahlberg's actual, like, performance? I think he's actually pretty incredible in this. And I, I'm i not sure why it is, because I don't think it's a huge, like, stretch from, like, what he was doing in his own life. Like, he wasn't a porn star, but he was a model. And he was a, he, you know, kind of washed up, washed up at a young age, like, hip-hop artist. And, um... Yeah, so I think he's, he certainly could, as a person, relate to this character, and he just runs with it, and he's kind of a overnight superstar when this comes out, and I understand why, because he's very compelling, um, and he plays both kind of the rise and fall of this character, the innocence, and um, you know where he ends the, up it, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the naivety of this character. He does a good job with a naive character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if there's a bad performance coming out of him starting, I don't think it was going to be noticeable because, yeah, this is a 17-year-old porn star that he's playing. <laughs> I don't expect good dialogue delivery in any scene, and it seems believable <laughs> like because he's going to do something even worse when they shoot the porn. So yeah. it, for me, I was just like, I was stuck with like, this was good, but was it good? Because was it just a perfect casting? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe a lot of, of it is is that, is perfect casting, but um, he's certainly not a show stealer because this cast is so good. Like, everybody yeah. in this movie, just down the line, and, and you could tell by reading the cast list, they're all very talented group of people, but the performances in this film from each of them is great, all the way down to, like, people like Thomas Jane and... Uh, yeah. Uh, Alfred Molina, Luis Guzman, yeah. Alfred Molina, which finally I got your reference from the other day. But I didn't realize that's <laughs> yeah. where that. Once I saw the scene, I was like, "Oh gosh, yes, I know the scene. I just didn't put it together." Let but, me like let me pull that up for the listeners, just so you guys know. Joe definitely excited about this movie. Watched it ahead of time. I felt like we disappointed him so badly that night, but yeah. I well, it took it took a second to kind of realize. So Joe, um. <laughs> Let me see. I gotta find. Ah, oh, fuck. Let me just yeah. cut this particular part out. I gotta yeah, find. Exactly. I gotta read off the but, exact thing because it's funny the responses that we did. <laughs> but yeah, the the perform. I I really thought the performance was good. And there's a couple of flubbed lines in this movie, and some by Mark Wahlberg. And you can tell they're flubbed because that's just it's like you can tell that's just a misspeak. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that Anderson kept him in because it almost yeah. If they're not intentional, it adds to the kind of authenticity of the film and also the um, the subject matter because you know porn they're kind of known for bad acting among other things, right? Um, yeah, I wondered if if it was intentional or if some of it was just left in intentionally. The one I remember, my favorite one, is when William H Mace, Macy's character, yeah. um, little Bill little Thompson. Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh you God, know, has the guy. scene where his wife is literally being, like, essentially gangbanged by a group of people at a party. And I don't know if gangbanged, but at least there's a group of guys standing around watching her. Um, have sex with some Yeah, have sex with some, like, random he's dude. And he's, <laughs> the, the camera he's guys try to, like, talk tech with him while this is happening. Like, he's kind of processing <laughs> this. 
And uh, so so the, the flub totally works out. And I've always been curious if it was intentional from either the actor or the script or what director or what. But uh, he gets upset with the camera guy and he goes, my wife's over there with an ass in her cock. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and yeah, I just like it's genius because uh, the moment what's going on with that character and the whole scene like, oh, you know, the, the flub seems totally natural. Like it's something that, you know, being flustered like that, you would totally say. Right. Um but I, yeah, I wonder if that was scripted that way, or if that was you know Paul Anderson or uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, there is another director named Paul Anderson, so I'm yeah. not going to specify. But um, yeah, I wonder if it's intentional or where that came from, or if those, or if those are there literally, as you said, as kind of a tip of the hat to like, you know, porn acting, right? And it being kind of yeah. I I couldn't tell, and I I kind of like the ambiguity where it is. Like if I don't know if that's a trivia thing I want to seek out because I kind of like it that there are these. Yeah flubs and it also kind of shows that these are real people that's real things people do is when they're frustrated or nervous they misspeak so it, it it's it's a clever um a kind of a clever device no matter whether it's intentional or not um I was gonna, but, how about john c Riley? yeah um yeah. like because he is john still playing the character very young and thin but he's like your face is the same how did you do that you just you were just <laughs> born with old face that's what it is. You're born like I bet when he was an eleven year old boy, he still had the face of a forty two year old man. Like, but his but I love John C. Lightry, this... but his character is pretty much the same dude from Step Brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. in fact, in every way, down to the fact that yeah, I'm gonna be a magician and a musician. <laughs> yeah, when uh, yeah he plays Reed like, Rothschild, the samurai sword man, who, which is also yeah. great too because when when he and Dirk decide that they're going to create these two action stars. And Dirk says his character's James Bond-like character is going to be Brock Landers. And uh, for some reason, we always like John, uh, John C. Riley's more Chest Rockwell. Yeah. <laughs> so here you have porn, porn people who have they, their porn name and then their new porn character name. Yep. So everybody's got multiple names. Um, but he's Oh, he's hilarious in this. Yeah, he's fantastic. And I, and I see what you're saying, Ryan. I feel like it is kind of true that, like, this character, a lot of characters that John C. Reilly plays after this are, are kind of parodies or, like, you know, offshoots of this character. Um, I, I think he, I mean, he get, even... got pigeonholed a little bit into, like, what he's good at doing. And because Reed right. is a little bit of the comic relief here anyway, I think like when he started to get more into like doing comedy films and stuff, that's kind of the energy they were looking for, the kind of character they were looking for out of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's just great though. The constant one-upmanship, the the fact that he actually ends up in the movie being a magician at a strip club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just like it just warms your heart to see like little Billy got his dream, man. Um, yeah, they yeah actually, that's so one of many... my favorite wrap-ups in the movie. I was like, yeah, he did it. Like, he's a magician. And, you know. But... Um, they have uh, Don Cheadle in this movie yeah. as yeah. well. And his character arc, though it's brief, he doesn't get a lot of screen time, funny enough, but he, his character still has its his moments throughout. Is like, it's great. It's kind of like small little funny parts, but then there's the donut scene. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, prior to that, it builds up to the seriousness of him trying to get out of the porn industry and being at the bank and de- being denied a loan to start his business because he was in the porn industry. And let's face it, part of his, if not if not you guys, me thinking, 
I might think there's a racial issue here too. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Like he's here with his white wife. Like, yeah, I don't think it you're bothered because he's in porn. Um, anyways, that's my current reading of that. But you know, just yeah, down no, on I his luck you find out she's pregnant they're gonna go get donuts and i'm like i'm fe- i like don chino i'm feeling for don chino's character then the donut shop scene happened and mm-hmm. i was legitly going like i don't know how this is gonna end and i'm scared i was legitly scared yep. yeah this, um, this well, definitely we need to talk about the alfred molina scene eventually too because that's just brilliantly scary too like that that has that yes. kind of energy too so, so anyway, much, sorry we can finish so up on the donut scenes. one but <laughs> yeah well because that was an odd scene too where he's yeah it's, it's really a heartbreaking thing in, in a number of the things in this film is that being in the porno industry is always used as a a negative in this like yeah. it's it's up there with you might as well have been arrested for murder or something or have a criminal record or something like that. You're getting denied bank loans. Um, that well, plays a huge like... role in, in Julianne Moore's character not being able to see her son. Yeah, losing custody yeah. of her son. Yeah. yeah, all of that plays a huge role. Now, is this also a den of like coke binges and random shit? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, is, it a good, is it a good place for a child? No. Would no, it, would no a way. bank want to support this? Probably not. Um, yeah. But it it shows what you know. Like regardless, there's people trying to escape it, or they're trying to do something better. Um, and it, it shows even, a lot of the realities of what. Yes. You know, it was probably like living through that, or you know, being involved in the porn industry at that time. Because I think in society, this is certainly something that was would have been. And it, it, I think it's still demonized to a certain extent, but it's cer- certainly we have loosened up versus you know the general public's, you know, view mm-hmm. of pornography in the in the seventies. Right, sex work isn't a shame, or, or, or even in the eighties, the Reagan era and such. So yeah, but I mean, even all the characters are kind of shown to be, or not all of them, but a majority of them are shown to, to be kind of demonized by this. Also, uh, Heather Graham's character, Roller Girl is shown yeah, in the beginning yeah, like yeah. okay yes yeah, she's doing this but she's also trying to finish school and she's mm-hmm. getting harassed at school by people um so you know it shows all of these kind of different aspects of of life but i do want to go back real quick though to, to don Seattle's character because his other arc is kind of funny yeah with his uh his his he doesn't have very good fashion sense or he's always looking for a new look. <laughs> he's always looking for the new look, yeah. Yeah. And, and at one point he was he dressed as Rick James for the new year the eighties New Year's. <laughs> and I like that like pretty much the, every time you see him in the first half of the film, he's trying something new. He's like cowboy and then he's you know, like Rick James, like you said, and yeah, yeah he's doing like a dashiki thing for a while. Um Yeah, and then at the end of the movie you see him and he's like totally embraced like the hip hop stereotypes of the time. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. he's also a stereo salesman, so it's just like this yeah. kind of worked. Yeah, <laughs> this made sense. But um, yeah, what what did you think though of Julianne Moore's performance in this one overall? So different uh, than what I'm used to with Julie, which yeah. is weird. But I mean, it's really like whew, this woman's got range for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. heartbreaking. She is pretty much fantastic in everything I've ever seen her in. I mean, she's just yeah. one of those people that just 
is great. And uh, but you're right. This is a very like dark role uh, for her, or a different role. It's not all dark, but it, it's a. Uh... And for me, this is one of the first times since I saw this in kind of contemporary when it was new. One of the first times that I made a major mental note of her, like as this is like, you know, a really fantastic performance before I even like was old enough to know what, you know, really evaluate a quote unquote performance in a movie. I knew that this was a, you know, she was really good in this movie. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and then I, I think generally the, you know, the public agreed because she was nominated for and won many awards for, mm-hmm. um, it did. This this movie got nominated for just all kinds of stuff, but well, I know that um, the there's a, a according to the director Paul Thomas Anderson, he said that shockingly of every scene they shot with her, only one time did he ever have to give her direction, hmm. and essentially it was a note. There's a scene in this one where she's lost custody. She also at this point Dirk has kind of gone rogue and left the group, and so she's yep. in this fit of depression, and she and Roller Girl are sitting around and just doing line after line of coke yeah can i just say that scene like so all those like drug psas in the 90s like like triggered this 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 anticipation in me that at any moment them high as a fucking kite saying can i call you mom yeah daughter Ah." and i just keep snorting more and more i'm like they're gonna jump out a window or start beating the shit out of eggs with frying pans at any moment right yeah it's it's (laughs) it's intense Um, but yeah. there's there's a part a line where Julianne Moore is just pacing around. She's going so many things. There's so many things. There's so many things. I guess literally that's the only note he had to give her. Was hey, you did that in that last take. Do that a few more times. <laughs> that was apparently according to, to what I read. So it wasn't even was like good. a correction. It was I like that. Do more of that. Could yeah. Just repeat that again. <laughs> everything else, he's like, I just kind of let her play, and she just got this character exactly. Yeah. So every shot was like, you're fine do that again if we have to you know like there's no real direction um yeah and you can see that it, it feels very natural um even the scene with her and, and mark Wahlberg, and it's his first sex scene mm-hmm. she's so nurturing yeah, yeah and it's, it's weird maternal part of her but it's yeah. that maternal like this young guy's having sex with her and she's like you're doing great. It, it's really weird. Um, yeah. And it's it keeps the, them off That running. scene's a great example of how unsexy most of the sex scenes are in this movie. Like, they really do a good job at that, of showing, you know, most likely what it's kind of like to work on the set of an adult movie. Like, it's probably well, not super sexy, you know? Like, <laughs> it's... Yeah, uh, you got so 20 people going... standing around watching. All right. Going back to, like, the little build joke, for example. Like, the constant, like the recurring joke for a little while in the beginning of the movie was just like his wife is always cheating on him with somebody and he's always just fine and says that's my fucking wife and nobody cares and then the yep. third time it happens yeah. um, which by the way shout out the director does so many long shots mm-hmm. moving and they're long s- shots like great yeah they're stuff. so fucking good but they're also really good at building tension like the donut scenes one yeah uh because that one's like, like it's not tension until like it happens like but this one this one is the slow build where you have a fear like when you're watching him and there's just like so many other uncomfortable scenes that happened prior to this like with the Seymour mm-hmm. uh, Hoffman character um and then he grabs the gun and then yep. comes back and then 
kills. Uh, yeah, you know, if you think of the entire length of that long shot, the first half of him seeing that his wife's in the bedroom with the other guy, and then doing the yeah, long yeah. shot to the car. To him, yep. The moment you see he's got a gun, he does the same long walk back, and that's when you're going, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Like, the first yeah, half right. is, what's going on? And now you know, and it... Yeah. It's kind of like your it, brain is screaming, oh, somebody, you know, somebody stop him, he's got a gun, kind of the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like... And it's like, yeah, dude, uh, don't not go down this path. But you're watching it happen. Yeah, and then he yeah. comes back... And, and the long shot ends with it just looking at him, and then he shoots himself. Yeah. yeah. And then as soon as the blood splattered on the wall, I got a Febreze commercial on Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> like, right away, is this, like, just white There's blonde woman marketing. just spraying this Febreze anywhere. It's like, dirty house? And I'm like, oh, my God. Which is what I was going to bring up to you guys, is, like, I got so many fucking cleaning commercials on Tubi when I was watching this movie specifically like every I, I you I want I suppose one would say like Ryan you're in your 30s you're going to get that more frequently and like that is true but not has there been so many varieties of clean it like micro ban like hey keeps doorknobs clean for 24 hours like so many things and I'm like is it because you know that I'm watching Boogie Nights I feel like it's because you know I'm watching Boogie Nights <laughs> um did you guys have the same experience or did you just watch because you do you own the movie and you watch it what because for me <sighs> it was mine i think i saw this one on might have been hbo yeah i watched it on okay. hbo max but mm-hmm. okay so it's just me yeah who i, <laughs> went to I did see route. it was on tubi but uh since i had we're paying for hbo right now it's like oh well, I'll watch it without commercials. So, yeah. But yes, it is for anyone out there that does not want to pay for HBO Max. It is available on Tubi for free, but you'll have to watch some cleaning product commercials. So. I mean, what about especially after you hear an, like a fat man with underage women at one point go, "So I like butter in my ass and a popsicle." In my... No, that was a different character entirely. Yeah. that was the videotape guy. Yeah. And regardless, <laughs> the line "butter in my ass and popsicle and lollipops in my mouth," in my mouth. Yeah. lollipops in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. It was just like. Uh, yeah, I'll take that for Breeze commercial, <laughs> please. What did, did you not think? Need to see this guy. What did you think of Burt Reynolds in this? Because yeah, he's like the big, big classic star in this one. I yeah. was ready to get to this because Burt Reynolds is the show steal. I mentioned that Mark Wahlberg doesn't quite steal the show. Uh, Burt hated this movie, hated Paul P.T. Anderson, hated everything to do with it. Probably will be his best remembered role when everything is oh, boiled yeah. down. And I was gonna say, he won all kinds of awards for it. I guarantee you, yeah. he didn't go to his grave hating this because of the, what it did for his career. It kind of gave it a late, a late revitalization. And all of a sudden, he was you know relevant. People were talking about Burt Reynolds again. Um, and this showed that what a fucking great actor this guy was. I mean, I think he gets you know he's Smokey and the Bandit and all you know he's kind of the '70s action guy. Um, Porn director. People it just people fits. were ready to like you know. Everybody had, I don't know if everyone had forgotten about Burt Reynolds, but they definitely weren't interested in old Burt Reynolds before Boogie Nights, right? That was, uh, but man, what a great performance. He is fantastic in this movie. I can't mm-hmm. believe he was hating everything he was doing because he was just so good at it, which even, which speaks even more to the, like, what a great actor he really was. Um, yeah, his, his, like, little soliloquy about porn and making, you know, real art and all that that he delivers in the diner with yeah. Dirk really early in the movie. Like that is great stuff. That might be a career moment for Burt Reynolds, and I'm sure he he uh, didn't realize it at the time. But yeah, I don't yeah, know. Like, I think ironically, this more than anything else is porn. 
Yeah, more than anything else, yeah. will go down in history as Bert's finest moment, whether I liked it or not. <laughs> I, I did also want to briefly mention, I think this is the first movie I saw Philip Seymour Hoffman in. Oh my god. Scotty. And like when they... Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, I have was down this, in my was notes... Was Twister before or after this movie? I think that was a year or two before. Twister okay. is in 94. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is the first so one I, I noticed him in then, because he is... Yeah. He's got a, sh- a small character in this, but it's really <laughs> I, yeah, Scotty. So I have I have kind of a morbid note on here, is that his character is introduced as they're carrying a girl who just OD'd yeah. out mm-hmm. of the frame. Like, they walk past him, and then here comes his character. And all I could think is like, this movie has a lot of dark foreshadowing to the real world. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, well, and even the first thing, you know, he, oh, he gets, like, uh, steps out of the way, and he's like, is she okay? And they're like, shut the fuck up. And everybody just kind of yells at this guy or ignores him. Um, yeah. Well, everybody's, like, legitimately cruel to him, except for Dirk, which, I mean, obviously he's harbored, so, he's, he's yeah. you know, um, either bisexual, homosexual of so, some sort, and has, like, a, a sexual thing for Dirk. But I think Dirk's kindness also is something that he's very much... Uh, that Scotty is uh that leads to the scene between Scotty and Dirk when Scotty kisses him. Um and it's also yeah, used I, later on to show how when Dirk is hitting, you know, falling on hard times and he's hanging around with you know, Todd or Thomas Jane's character more. Um mm-hmm. Scotty's still hanging around but they they treat him he even even Dirk's treating him like shit now. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the Ever since the cocaine was introduced. Yeah. One Dirk of the was... things that like led you to like that pointed out like well dirk's on the wrong path see he's even being mean to people like yeah yeah he's a real asshole i hope i hope he 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 reaches a moment where he learns some real you know humility and then we get alfred molina (laughs) well and before we get into that i did want to also Oh, okay i figured that was the perfect segue well (laughs) it, it is but i i wanted to mention something about there's a subplot in this that's also like a turning point around the it's actually mentioned on the same New Year's Eve party that, you know, uh, William H. Macy's character kills himself and his wife and that the whole, you know, butter in my ass and lollipops in my mouth line because, <laughs> yeah, you've got Jack, who's played by Burt Reynolds. He's he's a filmmaker. Right? He still shoots porn on film. Jack um, Horner, by the way. Jack Horner. Yeah. yeah I'm just going yeah, to let that sit there. I'm just going to let that sit there. Those who get it, get it. Those yeah, who don't. Yeah. A whore is a whore. So, then you have this other character played by Philip Baker Hall, Floyd Gondoli, who's another pornography director, but he's moved on to, it's the 80s are going to be the age of videotape. You Mm -hmm. need to get on board, and you need to, and he's also focusing more on, like, amateurs and not professional porn stars, whatever the difference is, I don't know. Um, but it's cool to kind of show, I thought it was cool that they're showing this kind of resistance to a changing times. And that yeah. does lead yeah. to everybody struggling financially. Even You get the impression that even um, even Jack has to you know, eventually acquiesce. Oh yeah, and, I mean, they, they have a se- series of sequences and one of them is the, <laughs> the Alfred Molina scene we keep alluding to. Um, uh, one of them is a scene in a limousine uh, where you know, uh, Bert and well, uh, the Jack and Roller Girl are shooting what I would call like a more new age video version of pornography. Um, 
where they kind of cruise around and pick up. It's very similar to like stuff that would you know come with the age of the internet. Honestly, yeah. Maybe even yeah. a comment on some of the pornography that was popular around the time that this film was created. But uh, that was his rock bottom moment, and I think I think I think that that speaks well to to Jack Horner the character's arc. Is he did like as silly as it might be, or as bullshit as you think might think it is from your perspective? This man did view himself as an artist. He had standards for what what it was that he did, and he had a mantra for you know doing it. And he had you know he well, was putting something into his work, and that was taken away from him. And he was it was literally like just that was scraping the bottom of the barrel, and that you know that was a yeah. rock bottom moment for for that character because yeah. he was in the situation where he's just done you know <laughs> like this is this I'm is just, garbage we're why are we doing this but right well all the, all the falls um half well dirk had two but his first one happened the same time as everyone else's in that little like mini mall area you guys notice that mm, which part with the when so the guy picks when, him up and then ends up when being the dirk little, like yeah, when they Dirk gets picked up by the dude and they're beating him up in a parking lot, mm-hmm. they drive off. And as they're driving yeah. off, the limo drives past oh, after yeah. they yep. just uh, beat up that asshole um, mm-hmm. with Burt Reynolds' character and, and so on. And, uh, yeah, and then it pans. Yep, and then it pans to the donut shop. So the donut shop ends that area, but everything yeah. happens around yeah. there. Everybody's kind of falling at that point. Um, but yeah. yeah, it does seem to be like when, when, when videotape and cocaine start really becoming the big, you know, thing in this industry that it's showing that that's, it was lower quality, faster production. So you're, you're churning more stuff out because they keep talking about how on videotape, you just shoot and shoot and shoot and edit, you know, deal with it later. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't have to change reels and all this kind of stuff. So there's like yeah we can just make more stuff because even even some of the scenes where you see that when jack well, is, is finally shooting on video he's just not as interested because he's yeah. not he doesn't like the people he's working with but that's when you start to see dirk go off on that new the new kid on the street you know and he's all coked up oh yeah the it's my when... big dick i'm ready to fuck let's do it now line <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Oh, um, interestingly enough, like, I think it kind of mirrors it, uh, a discussion that was going on among filmmakers at the time this film was made in 1997. And that being the first time right around the turn of that century that video production uh, was starting to get to a quality where it could rival um, film production. And, you know, So around the time I started college, there was still a debate going on about you know, producing films on, on video with, you know, high, well, it wasn't high definition yet, but, um, you know, good quality video being a, a, an option to create films. Yeah. And, you know, in the coming decade, you would have filmmakers starting to jump on to actually producing films on video. And so I think there, there's a discussion there going on, certainly something that's that's in filmmakers' minds already in 1997 as the industry is on the cusp of a change. So I just think, there's no way that they they were telling the story without kind of thinking about that as a as a subtext as right. well. But, right. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, and I I was yeah. gonna say like, I was gonna say that I think the second biggest Dirk Diggler fall is actually not the 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 Molina scene. It's actually um when he's trying to have a music career, and oh, it starts with God, him yeah. singing the Transformers song. 
<laughs> you mm-hmm. are the like you, got, you the got, the got the touch. And I thought I sat there thinking like, oh my god, <laughs> the Transformer song is being sung by Marky Mark as a porn star who will eventually star in a Transformers movie. Yep. There you go. Yep. And I went cross-eyed for a moment, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this movie is jumping ahead. First, I Hoffman's... feel like Michael Bay got the idea to get Mark Wahlberg for that movie because of that scene. That's just my headcanon. But... <laughs> well, Big I, fan I, of Boogie Nights. And <laughs> I find it fan. really odd that Mark Wahlberg is better in the movie where he plays a porn star singing the Transformers theme than a non-porn star in a Transformers movie. <laughs> I think Mark Wahlberg is, is one of those actors that that has these like flashes of brilliance, but is able to like sleepwalk his way through some really like not so wonderful movies too. So yeah, um, but he yeah, then he'll like turn up and like totally surprise you in something. I remember when The Departed came out and he plays kind of a supporting character in that, but he's incredibly good in it. And yeah, um, well here's yeah here's the thing that he kind of struggles with is his Boston accent. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of always there. Which kind of did kind of add to that whole, it's weird for this 17-year-old man-child who lives in L.A., but he has a Boston accent. And it's like, okay, none of the other family do. This is, he's adopted. That's why she hates him. He's adopted. Anyways, no, that's there a joke. Go. We but don't know. That's not true. They did try to do a little bit of like a, you know, valley kid. They did. But they it, did try. Yeah, but the accent does come through. And I um, like it. I like it when it does. It made me uh, kind of like giggle a little bit. Like, ah, eh, there you are, Marky. So speaking <laughs> of the downfalls, <laughs> though, okay, so the the biggest downfall though, happens. I was going to say real quick, the whole Transformers scene in, in the studio mm. booth, that is the that is the biggest Step Brothers oh, yeah. situation. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Where they're talking about the songs back. Like, there's a whole just five minutes of them trying to make this song work. Yeah. Um anyway sorry joe oh, yeah sorry. let's let's not to cut you off no, you, you, so you got Wahlberg and your dirk um they're trying to get money so he can fix his car and they can buy more coke and speed um yeah. and their plan is he's hanging out with this guy todd played by thomas jane who is like just such a scumbag in this we've all met a todd like this <laughs> yeah so um, thomas jane is yeah. playing thomas jane in this movie yeah, I'm just kidding, but... um, it's a small role, but he's really, really good at it. Uh, yeah, but, he's great. Yeah, he... this whole cast is great. Doesn't matter how small the role. Is. Yeah, um, they decide. There's this this guy they know who will buy drugs left and right, and he's loaded. But you know he's so so they're like we're we're gonna sell him a, a half a kilo or a kilo or something of, of baking soda, and he'll we'll give us five thousand bucks and we'll get the fuck out of there. And they go there, and the guy they're they're meeting is, his name is Rahad Jackson. He's played by Alfred Molina. <laughs> and holy shit, what a what fantastic scene this is! <laughs> this is second to like, in my mind, suspense building wise, and the way the scene plays out, second only to. Um, Quentin Tarantino's uh, Inglorious Bastards, the barroom scene in Inglorious Bastards, the way that it just slowly builds uh, tension. Um, man, is it good. Like, it just, like, by the time you realize, like, how major, like, the threat is and how much tension is built up, it just kind of, like, explodes. And, and that 
the only other person I've ever seen, and I brought up Tarantino already, but the only other person able to write scenes like this in my mind is, is this is a Tarantino scene. Um, I don't want to sell, like, discredit Paul Thomas Anderson because, I mean, it's this is a great movie in a lot of other ways as well, but this is a Quentin Tarantino scene. This is, like, right out of one of his movies. Like, the way it's built up from this kind of casual, and then you just slowly kind of draw that string tighter and tighter until there's, like, a almost orgasmic explosion, you know, like to, to make it a uh, well, intense, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I but think, like, yeah, the, you cut the tension that way. It, it's uh, just so it, good. Anderson does it some is. other similar shot, similar tension things like this. I agree that it definitely has more of a Tarantino type feel, but he does continue to do this. It's probably because it's point. drugs and crime and guns and that stuff. Yeah. That probably feels but, more Tarantino, um, but there's a couple of scenes like this in, um, there will be blood. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> which are yeah. just in, well, it's also, Daniel Day-Lewis so but it, they're incredibly tense um the music plays such a huge role in this one in this scene mm -hmm. oh my god like he's like when Jesse's girl's playing mm -hmm. Dirk is just staring out and you've they don't he never like they, they never point out like why like he they had the shot on him for like a I full love minute, that right? that shot is one of my favorites of the movie but you, you feel like, feel like you, you know what he's thinking yeah. about. he's like what, like, what the, the fuck, fuck am I doing how do I get out of this because well, if, if, I was thinking actually, yeah, I was going different. I think he was paying attention to the lyrics of the song, and they were making him think about his old life, and comparison to where he's at right now. Maybe like the idea, like, because Jesse's girls is essentially like, like you want something else that some, like you want somebody else that somebody else has, right? Right. Um, someone, I, I, something, anything. Yeah. But yeah. she's with somebody else, and that idea, like, is very good with like, when especially when you have uh, people in, like in this kind of like pornographic world where like everyone's swapping partners. But it's this, anyways, and then comparison to this, then look at like snapping out and looking around the environment. He's like, I gotta go. Well, and that's you kind of see him this build up like I gotta, I, yeah. I, I can't sit here because what happens is they walk in, they've got the. The baggie of, of baking soda or baking powder. And yeah. you've got Alfred Molina in his underwear and a silk bathrobe listening to top hits. So, like, yep. you know, Sister Christian from Night Sister Ranger. Christian. Yep. Yeah. And, but he's also, he's coked out of his mind. And he's going on these rants and he's, like, dancing around to the music. But he's going on rants about how he, every time he gets an album... He re-records he re it and rearranges it in the order he wants to listen to because nobody's going to tell him what songs to listen to in what order. Meanwhile, there's this guy walking around in short shorts lighting off firecrackers randomly, which <laughs> oh, increases God, the yeah. tension too. And there's an enormous, second, yeah. enormous fucking bodyguard with a huge mm -hmm. gun. And so they're watching... Who's, who's checking who's, the who's drugs. Who's cutting the drugs. Just, yeah, yeah, the fake drugs yeah. they just brought. And so he does a great job of painting a picture like, okay, what would make you terrified of this situation? First of all, it's a dumb plan. It's yeah. a really yeah. dumb plan. Second, oh shit, these people are crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unpredictably crazy. Like, uh -huh. And they just got the well, money too. So the plan is officially done, but they're still there. Yeah. Because to Thomas Todd James decides he's going to rip, rip them off more. Yeah. He's that guy. This is what uh, I don't know. We about all you had guys. a friend like this, didn't we? 
I was yeah. gonna say there's we've I want to say at least at once in somebody's life whether you mean it's never you mean to but you find yourself in an awkward situation like this where you realize that one of the guys that you're with brought you to a place that you would never go to and it's yep. like this might this is seedy oh, or yeah. in this case this is seedier than what we originally were led to believe this not is... only that this yeah. dude has his own fucking plan he wasn't telling us about there's there's a scene he's fucking high as fuck yep there's a scene in the movie training day with um denzel washington um and Ethan oh, yeah. that is up that this is up there those two are kind of up as contenders because it's similar situations where somebody you don't really trust has taken you to, to a place and you have no way out mm-hmm. and yeah. bad shit is going to happen it's both of those are terrifying this one i mean it, the music in this one just plays such an important part because of the way it's so it's super loud and it's a, I, it's a lot of crescendo building music I think that's another thing that invokes tarantino yeah. in this to me as well as the music use of music but mm-hmm. yeah but so yes i i it, as i had texted you guys i don't think i know this is one of those movies where you'll never listen to night ranger sister christian without thinking of this movie yeah. this scene um but holy shit you can't talk about the song sister christian now without sounding a bit like a coked up Alfred Molina, even if it's a positive. <laughs> Something as simple as, you know what's a really good song? Night Ranger Sister Christian. You sound like a coked up Alfred Molina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what he sent us, by the way. That's what I was going to say. That, is he just it's... sent, like, he just randomly says, I just realized that you cannot talk about Night There's no context prior to this. <laughs> this is, this is, we haven't talked days prior and just randomly at like 2 th- 2.30 in, in the afternoon, we just get a, a message saying, <laughs> just realize that one cannot talk about Night Sister... Night Ranger Sister Christian in a positive light without invoking a coked up Alfred Molina to at least some degree. Yeah. <laughs> and Agreed, then like by the way, right away after I understood See? What you're Yo, about. totally. Eric <laughs> sends a sends a gif going, Is there a thing that I'm missing? And I have Samuel Jackson going, What? And then realize like, is this Alfred Molina eight ball thing? This is a Boogie Nights thing, isn't it? And it's like totally a Boogie Nights thing. And yeah, then we we're yeah. like, Okay, okay. Yep. <laughs> and then, yeah, once I got to the scene, I had watched about half of the movie, and then he sent the message on the day after I'd watched the first half of it. Um, so, so yeah, we sat down and, like, yet. watched the rest of it. And when I got to that scene, I went, oh, yeah, obviously, okay. But I had remembered a lot about the scene, but I hadn't remembered specifically what song, and I guess I had not, probably when I saw it, I had no idea who Alfred Molina was, because he he only came on my radar when he became Dr. Octopus. But yeah. I was going to um, say, like, tonight. I thought he was twisted after he got the arms. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, his his undergrad years was a little bit awkward. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he had to change his name after that shootout to, you know, Octavius. Yeah. It, it, it's, 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 uh, it's an incredibly tense scene, but with all these different layers of not just the performances, but the, the setting, the, the, the creativeness of the setting. The, the young guy throwing firecrackers around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is such a i mean that's like didn't 
didn't William Friedkin used to like light off fireworks or shoot off shoot guns off on sets of the Exorcist? Shoot guns make, off, supposedly. Yeah, to, to, to make people uncomfortable. And yeah, if somebody's walking around and you're already nervous because you know you're about to rob somebody, and you just hear yeah. bang, constant bangs. Well, in that scene, if you like have your you know like what I tend to like when I watch a movie, the, the volume's probably up a little louder than it needs to be because you know uh, just get more of that experience. But I think you find yourself in the same situation well not in the same but you start to get empathetic jumps to those things like you're watching the yeah. characters and as it starts to get more and more tense and those things bang off you're like you're almost like jumping yourself like shit man stop it because you like, know what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's so, a great um, scene it's probably the best scene in the movie but this movie it's full of great scenes but it just it's yeah. it's almost like you could make a short film of that all by itself from like when they're planning it up to you know you wouldn't get the character context but it would totally work all by itself but well that's that was actually like the lowest point too because his car is a piece of shit by the way at this point which is like going back to that symbolism that you guys were talking about with his like you know his dream life as a kid like having the nice cars and the hot women and down to this point where he was just attacked by like a bunch of uh, homophobic rednecks uh and he he has a drug addiction he has to be in this awkward environment his, his dream car is a piece of shit and now he has to run from his life from a coked up fucking alfred alfred molina <laughs> uh where his friend john c Riley half-brother friend is just jumping in the bushes he jumps in this car which has to be pushed to get jump started mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they start and he runs out and of gas. he only gets he runs out of gas once he gets down to a block Yep. Yeah. And then he just comes home. Back to Jack. To Jack, yep. crying. And they hold for so long that scene. Yeah. And then walks up and hugs him. And that's when they start showing, like, you know, everyone's lives kind of starting to wrap up. And the family uh, gets back together. There. Family gets back together. But there yep. is kind of a sad undertone to it well to and, and i think what that sad undertone is and it's funny because one of one of my funniest memories about this movie is when it came out um i had mentioned something to somebody like a family gathering that i had seen it and my grandmother had heard me say it she goes boogie nights is that the movie about the porn and i went yeah she goes i saw it <laughs> i went you did she goes <laughs> oh. yeah it's really sad yeah and i'm like Fuck yeah, it is, Grandma. Boogie Nights is a really sad movie. <laughs> um, it's very sad. But your grandma, your grandma got it, man. <laughs> she did. Like, oh, she totally got it. Um, but I think one of, one of the things that that is so interesting about this, and I've read this elf, elsewhere, but it, it really is kind of up front. There is, yeah, it's a dysfunctional family. That that's that you know, context is is very clear. But one thing that you get a lot of in in Paul Thomas Anderson's movies is at the end nobody's really developed and i don't say that in a bad way like there's no character development i mean you know they're back to square one they're right back to where they were they're not suddenly better people they just experienced worse worse things and then came back to what's still a bad situation like this is the least bad thing that i can do it's a bit of a destructive track but it's a little more i don't want to say this in a shaming way but it's it's there's there's some a patheticness to it like yeah. now you know amber waves and dirk diggler are a couple years older and they're still trying to shoot the same shit from a couple years ago and 
Roller Girl's still a teenage girl. You know, doing teenage girl things. And it's like... Fuck. Never takes off the rollerblades. Like, that's a sign yeah. of trauma. Yeah, <laughs> like... but, you know, and at the end, you've got Jack Toner. You need to clean your bedroom. Like, mm-hmm. she's still a kid in, in, in this yeah. aspect. And, yeah, so it's like you've got all these characters. and It's not like at the end of the movie you go, and... And Dirk did become a rock star, or I mean, you got characters like Don Cheadle, who's like, and he got out, and but but he's well, he, selling himself in a total different out of everyone, way now. He he's doing pretty good, yeah. right? Um, you know, yeah, you've got Reed, he's doing magic at a strip club, so it's like they've they've found their place, but it's not like they've it's the ending is kind of happy sad. It's it's a bit like melancholy, but it it's also like. They found their way back to their family in a way. Like we we built this kind of unit, and we depend on each other. And you know, fuck you for this judging us a little yeah. bit. Like this is what works. And um, it's like, it's kind of like, it's like you're in the gutter, right? But at least you're not in the sewer. Right. Yeah. You dipped your toe in. Place. It was pretty bad. I, yeah. And I think yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson subscribes to that theory a little bit. And like I agree with with what you said about his films that people ultimately don't really change. They go through certain situations, and, and um, I don't know if I agree with that philosophy, but that certainly is, uh, I, th- I feel like, where he ends up a lot of times. Like, yeah, you shouldn't have ever tried, and I don't know if it's like you should have ever tried to pro- progress or to, to change yourself, but, like, I don't know, you flew too close to the sun, kind of the old, you know, myth about um, Icarus, Icarus, yeah. Icarus, yeah. yeah. And, uh... The Icarus. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. It's probably think overthinking it a little bit, but getting back you know, to that point of, you yeah. know, this was where you belong, kind of. Yeah. Right. I would say this the person who probably had the saddest character arc is actually Lewis's Gutsman's Rodriguez character, because every time you <laughs> see him, all he does is ask, I can do it. I can do your porn. It's gonna be great. Just shoot me. Like just like, put me in a scene. I wanna be in it. I wanna have a legacy. Like, every moment, he's just trying to get in, and he never gets in. And, like, he never gets a chance. And I'm just sitting here now saying, like, release, hashtag release the Latin lover cut of Boogie Nights. Because I know they had to have put him in a scene. Yeah. Um, oh, come on. Maurice, Maurice ends up being, like, the bartender in, uh, in in some Brock Landers movies. That's true. That's that's the, yeah, that's that's, true. that's what they give him. You know he must have <laughs> got a scene somewhere in one of those, so. Yeah, and he got his own yeah. nightclub at the end. That was his happy ending. Yeah. They just spelled the I'm name on saying. the sign. But yeah, yeah. Re- release the Latin lover cut. So if that's not trending at the end of this. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. reassemble. <laughs> okay. Boogie Nights. Well, you know, actually, that was the thing I was going to mention before we get into final thoughts and grades. Is that um, and, and this is like a depressing headcanon. It's, it's what's the step up from headcanon when the director tells you what they think. It's like, it's not in the movie, but somebody asked Paul Thomas Anderson, are we ever going to get a, a sequel to Boogie Nights? And he went, oh, no. No. No, we're <laughs> yeah, not doing a sequel like to that. Idea. First of all, Mark Wahlberg doesn't really want anything to do with it anymore because he's he's a little conflicted with his faith in this movie. Um, uh, obviously, Burt Reynolds, you know. But, um, yeah. Yeah, he said, actually, I, I don't think you can do a sequel because none of them make it. Yeah. He said, I don't think Dirk would have made it another few years. Mm-hmm. No. And that's really depressing <laughs> to hear 
but also kind of interesting like these characters to kind of hit home his point of people don't really change which is what he's trying to show in this but um like you mentioned eric you know so mm. that that's kind of you know straight from from the director like yeah i don't think dirk diggler would have well then again john holmes who he's based on yeah it was involved in a whole bunch of scandals and ultimately died of aids in the i think 80s yep not so, a happy story there no, either. It's, so. no, none of these are really happy stories. So it's. Which, uh, by the way, there is a movie made about John Holmes I've not seen called The Summerland Murders, where I believe was Val Kilmer played John Holmes. Like, I think so. Is that the same movie? But, I think so. Yeah. I know there's. Yeah, I know there's that. He was far too old to play him at the time, but he did. Suppose he's good in it, but. Huh. Want to check out. So, I guess we're yeah. ready for any final thoughts and grades. Uh, Ryan, any final thoughts on this one? Um, I feel like I had one for a brief second. But, uh, I mean, I can say, like, uh, I, I enjoyed this film. Um, it's not a film that I think I would watch again. Um, not because it's bad. It's just, it's just because of those low moments. They hit very well. Like, too real. And it's just like, this is a very effective movie. This is one of those effective movies where I, I don't need to see this again because I'm never going to forget it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I uh, I found it uh, su- surprisingly... Um, I don't think... It's just a character-driven story, and the characters are very compelling. Like, honestly, Mark Wahlberg's performance is the weakest of them, but it's by no means weak. Like, it's... you, 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 you I find his character... Like, enduring for the most part as much as i could but just like having everybody mixed into it uh and just watching the acting talents of so many like nobody nobody disappointed um i would say no no one comes to mind if they did uh and it's just holy shit there's so much going on with it it's a good movie i'm giving it an a an a plus actually i'll give it an a plus it is it's a very good movie uh hashtag you know release the latin lover cut other than that yeah there is no Latin lover like Maurice Rodriguez, according oh, to Martin no, no. Maurice Rodriguez. Uh, Eric, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo that. I, I I would challenge anyone to like actually sit down and watch this because I think because of the controversy around when it came out, there's some people that might have a chip on their shoulder about it. But like, sit down and watch this thing and not, you know, walk away being moved by it in some way. It's it's a modern classic. It manages to be. I don't know, funny, compelling, effective drama. Like, it's got some moments of suspense and action. Like, it's got a little bit of everything you could ever want from a Hollywood movie. Um, you know, it's it's about porn, but not, like, titillating or, like, <laughs> like sexy at all. It's, uh, which is, I find very interesting. Um, it's kind of an interesting uh, exploration of sexuality as a business and, um, there's literally nothing sexy about most of the sex in this movie. Um, yeah, which is very different from, like, a lot of exploitation movies and kind of kind of the thing that it's about. It's, like, the opposite of the kind of movies that it's about um, mm-hmm. being made. You really get to see the exploration, like, exploitation aspect of it, as right. in, like, people being exploited. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's about a lot of things. There's a lot of really deep like every character's got their own like you know journey through this movie it's like ryan said very character driven but i also think as we talked about it's about family and especially non-traditional family like the family that you find and the people that support you uh which is which i think is a super important message um 
that people don't talk about enough that, you know, sometimes just because you're related to somebody by blood doesn't make them the most, the best or most, uh, you know, important people to you. Uh, family is kind of who, who you make your family. Um, now we just get that in the Fast and Furious franchises. <laughs> um, I, I, I laugh like I get that, but I've never seen any of those movies. But um, Same. <laughs> All I know is it's family. <laughs> um, Paul Thomas Anderson's got some great movies, and he's got a great style. I love like the look and feel of this movie. Like the Ryan earlier, we we didn't talk enough about like the camera work and and some of the like long yeah. takes and moving shots and crane shots and just just incredibly uh, stylish and cool movie. Um, I think the only oh, place the I've seen more moving camera. Sorry. No, as you say, more moving no. camera and more like yeah. walk through kind of stuff might be the the movie The Wrestler by Darren Aronofsky because he yeah. purposely did mm, that yeah. movie that whole like that. But um, yeah, it, it's really great, like really stylish, uh, good stuff. Paul Thomas Anderson obviously goes on to make many interesting movies. Not all, oh, not yeah. all, in my opinion, great, but all interesting in their own right. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a modern classic. I I think everyone should go check this out. It's an A for me. Uh, certainly, it's just like. Yeah, it, it, and I got one thing that I want to point out about Boogie Nights that just cracks me up every time I think about Boogie Nights. And that's I don't care who you are, you can be a, a preacher, a teacher, a, a white cisgendered male, you know, living in in Nebraska in a double wide. When you watch this thing, Paul Thomas Anderson has you all wanting to see this dick. Um, I don't care who you are, and I, I'm not afraid. Like that is like the suspense of this movie, and he pays off in the end. And you feel kind of weird about it because you're like, yeah, I, I, you know, you're watching the, like you described it, like the Pulp Fiction briefcase, like we were all wondering. And uh, there we it is. We need to talk about whether oh, that's. Yeah, a... we're gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let this finish without talking about the dick. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, spe- the special say... effects for. The special yeah. effects for the dick are great. <laughs> but yeah. I think there's a dick. certain kind of genius in that. <laughs> it's... It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like he pulled one on you, like, hey, I made you look at that. No, you were legitimately pulled into this throughout this movie like because you, you see it's all the reaction shots and all yeah. the yeah so i mean whether or not it's like a sexual interest for you or you, you know just a mere curiosity in a you know freak show sort of way you well, you were you were in on it it's the way it's done too it's the way it's done where you know with the you know reach down yeah. and you know <laughs> unreal it and like when you see a man's hand go like go beyond the knee almost like like (laughs) up to the elbow like when the waistline is hitting the elbow and then he pulls it out it's like holy shit it's like watching like one of the snake handlers pull a snake out of like a fucking terrarium and just like and and the line that he says he looks at himself in the mirror he's practicing his lines and he's like okay and he stands up and he's looking in the mirror and he reaches down he pulls it out and he just stands there and he looks at himself and he just i'm a star I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I'm a big, bright, shining star. <laughs> it's like... It's... Um, yes! Yeah. But here's the... And it's, here's so, the it's such a, I... like, sad and weird scene, and it just, like, it's the perfect, like, ending. It's so weird that it's the perfect ending, but it is the perfect ending to this movie. They end yeah. it with ELO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like magic. I, I... Um... <laughs> it It's, uh... I was gonna say, like, I think I might be a little critical... I, I... Out of... I don't know about your guys' opinion, but for me, I'm like, that's a dead-looking dick. It's fake. 
It's a little too. Right. It, is a little a too it is a prosthetic. It is a prosthetic. Yeah, prosthetic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Mark, but we Fake. we know the secret. Fake. I think K and B effects did. I think Greg Nicotero made. They that. did. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how to feel about knowing that. Um, but no. no, this one again. I don't know, know how I feel about you knowing that. I feel see. fine. You do you. Um, yeah. Again, you know this this one really struck me when I first saw it because yeah, I think it came out in an age where, in a time when, it was like watching this was almost it wasn't quite the same but it was like the the light version of finding a porn at a friend's house or something and like oh we're gonna watch it and then you'd <laughs> yeah. watch it be like wow it's a really good movie um it's like a skinamax with a good story yeah right like yeah. The, the sex in it is used for a reason it's not yeah, yeah. it's not graphic it's just to show and it's actually so so not like sexual. It's weird. It's, it doesn't have any of that. Like it's nothing is sexually thrilling in this film. Right. It's either funny or awkward. But yeah. but the the characters and and the the cast in this are all amazing. And it's so cool to see so many of these these uh, these these cast members go on to become huge names. Like you know, we've got we've got an Avenger in this fucking movie with Don Cheadle. We got multiple. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah, the Punisher is in this. And... John C. Riley plays a character who's part of the Nova Corps. Oh, like, that's right, John C. Riley. Yeah, yeah, you got all these MCU yep. people in this movie. Um, but but the use of music. You got Robert use... Downey Jr. Senior. Yeah, it's not that I said Junior Senior. Robert Downey Senior, and yes. even in this movie, and legitimate Iron Man's father, and legitimate porn stars. Yeah, Little Bill's yep. wife. Is le- and uh, she's a real porn star Nina as well Hartley, as a, yep. a women's act like a yeah women's right activist yeah yep yep and sex educator yep like so I, I, overall this one just the use of style of the camera work the the scenery the the fashions I mean it's a, a very well done period piece um, the the music really builds a world in this that mm-hmm. uh, I mean they they got Ron Jeremy to another adult star uh to actually help them as a, an advisor on the film and he's even said oh yeah this movie looks exactly like what it was like back then like i yeah. went to those kind of parties um which sound fun until they're horrifying so yeah right. i'm actually i'm up there with you guys i'm gonna give this one an a plus i i really i don't i didn't realize until watching it again for the show how much i really really love this film and how well made it is and oh it's um, great Again, go back and, and watch that scene of Eddie when he's in his bedroom and does that circle shot around his room and look at the posters again, and it's totally foreshadowing. That blew me away when I saw it this time. Like, yes, mm-hmm. he's wow. going to become a porn star version of Serpico and try to do Bruce Lee karate, and he's surrounded by women and fast cars. Like I said, this movie foreshadows too much. <laughs> Hoffman, Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. probably more. Yeah. <laughs> but we um, would love to know any of your thoughts on Boogie Nights. Uh, what's your first experience with this one, and uh, how did you take it? So, if you want to share those thoughts with us, uh, any or any other questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, please feel free to send them to the Video Junk Your Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod. Find us on uh, face, Facebook as our Video Junkyard Podcast group or the main page as well as uh, Pinterest and Instagram and others and we uh, hope you feel like you want to write us something because we'll be happy to read it. 
Maybe. And uh, coming up on the Video Junkyard Podcast, uh, Joe will be uh, traveling for a yeah. few weeks. And uh, yeah, Ryan and I will see if we can hold down the fort. And uh, we're uh, planning on looking at some interesting stuff. I know uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow is coming up. I'm... Um, we're still uh, actually in the process of picking out a couple of what, things we're going to look at, but I hear you through the grapevine. Yeah. Here through the grapevine, there may be a Super Mario Brothers uh, thing in the yeah. in the works. So we'll see. We'll see what comes to yeah. comes to light. But yeah, so just take over. Uh, yeah, Joe's going to take off and let the kids take over the program. So we're going to see What's where we, where we go from there. It's going to be all porn. anonymous music. It's going to be all porn. <laughs> Yeah, and really... we're not reviewing it. We're just we're just yeah, throwing the audio on. The audio and you hear it. us. You hear us going, creepy. Oh. Yeah, you hear oh. some some weird heavy breathing, oh. but <laughs> we do want to. That's thank just my. You. <laughs> we do want to thank you for That's checking out the video junkyard podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it, and feel free to share around. And until next time, I'm Dirk Diggler, Joe Peterson. <laughs> I'm Miracle Branson. Doing... I'm, I'm Toby Calhoun. <laughs> I'm Cock Samson changed it uh saying you got the touch you got the power you have been listening to the video junkyard podcast i do wish we could chat longer but i'm having an old friend you just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, on Twitter at videojunkpod and on Instagram as videojunkyardpodcast, all one word. want to thank you again for listening. And keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. <laughs>